This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Thanks to quick thinking and a flotation device known as a pink boy, the 99th South African life was saved a couple of days ago. A group of cold water swimmers were about 75 meters off Fourth Beach when one of the swimmers, Sarah, noticed that one of the group, a young man who had recently moved to Cape Town from Pretoria, was unresponsive. Sarah called out to him to try to get an answer. He had stopped swimming and she immediately knew he needed help. Little did we know then that this flotation device that was used in this rescue was actually donated by an anonymous South African who lost her son on that very same beach. Marta Stradum was that man that was saved with that pink boy and he's joined us on the Good Things Guy podcast to tell us exactly what happened and what has happened since then. Mardis, welcome to the show. Hi Brent, thanks so much man, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. For those of us that are not living near the icy waters of Cape Town, what is this cold water swimming all about? So typically the cold water swimmers would go out at uh, between six and seven in the morning, Clifton Fourth Beach, uh, have a little dip for a period of time and then go and uh, meet up at uh, Okia for a coffee, then Camps Bay after. And what sort of level of swimming expertise do you need to be part of this group? Yeah, I think you need to be able to help yourself in the ocean. And I mean, um, I'm totally fine in the ocean. We go surfing. We're busy. I'm busy learning how to kite surf. So no problems in the ocean whatsoever. Um, but there was a problem on that specific day. Yeah, so uh, interesting. I went out on uh, that Monday uh, with a friend of mine and we were in for about 20 minutes. It was calm seas. It was lovely. We, you know, we bobbed around and chatted to a few people and then uh, went out and went about our day. So I think my mind space was kind of, you know, it's okay, Clifton, you know, there's no problem there. Um, so Friday when we rocked up, I actually had a friend, Christine, um, that was in Cape Town and her brother was here for his wedding and I invited them down to the beach. And um, when we got down to the bottom, I actually met Sarah Oberolzer, who started the Cool and Cozy Club with her friend. And um, we just got to chatting and I've never, never actually met her before. Um, another friend of mine, Shan, was also there who knows Sarah and uh, we all proceeded into the water and, you know, meeting new people, you kind of keep chatting and it's, you know, it's a new vibe. So we went into the ocean, um, you know, kept going in and then as you're chatting, you kind of, I think also because Monday was so calm, I kind of didn't really pay attention to my surroundings. So eventually when I looked, we were uh, out behind the break. How long had you been in the water by then? I've been out for about 35, 40 minutes. And uh, if you meet me, you'll see I have very little to no body fat. So in terms of keeping warm, that's not really a thing. You know, so I'd overstayed my welcome by 20 minutes and I decided to paddle back. And at that stage, I realized um, that wasn't going to happen. My limbs didn't want to play along. So obviously at that stage, I'd gone into hypothermia and all of the blood goes to your organs in your brain to try and preserve, you know, uh, function. So I paddled one or two strokes and I was kind of just bobbing around and it was, it was quite, uh, quite bad actually. You know, Sarah just got this feeling, call it a prompting by the Holy Spirit or whatever you want to call it. And she, she sort of called over, are you okay? And I, I didn't actually at the time have enough energy to actually respond. So I just carried on bobbing in the water. 
she obviously had a had an inkling that there was something wasn't right. So she swam over, and when she got to me, she could see something wasn't right. She grabbed me under the arm, and um, another friend of hers, Jonathan Smuts, who she was talking to uh, at the back there as well, came around, grabbed me under the other arm, and they realized, cool, they need to keep me above water. I was unresponsive. I was I was obviously not doing very well. There was a strong rip current that day, and we were all kind of caught in that rip current. So they signaled to the beach. Um, luckily, Struan Jamieson and Jason Felkov and Mark Rogoff were all on the beach. They saw, they ran to get the pink boy, which was pivotal in this rescue, and paddled out. And that took about six or seven minutes. And by the time they got to me, it was, you know, it was, it was a dire straits. You know, I needed to get back uh, onto the beach. So as they got hold of me and I grabbed onto the pink boy, uh, a giant wave came, knocked us all over. I, they lost hold of me and I went underwater. And they thought they'd have to go down and go and look for me because, you know, I was unresponsive. Fortunately, the pink boy, I had enough buoyancy and I popped up to the top again. They grabbed hold of me and, you know, with some, some sort of difficulty, they managed to swim me back into shore. Were the sea level and swimming conditions quite bad that day specifically? Both uh, um, Struan and Jason both said, you know, they'd been swimming at that beach for a very long time and they'd, they'd never recalled it being as bad as it was that day. So anyway, got back to the beach. Fortunately, there was a lot of people on the beach and everyone sort of came around me and put towels on me and tried to warm me up and sat up against me and, you know, uh, kept their legs over my legs to, to warm me up. Um, and at that stage, again, I was unresponsive. And between my friend Christine and Shan, they got the ambulance sorted out. They were trying to get my medical information. Again, couldn't get it because I was unresponsive. Eventually convinced the ambulance um, who at that stage had determined my temperature to be 32 degrees, which is very, very low. And um, they sort of convinced them to take me to a private hospital, even if they have to help out paying, because obviously my medical details were still unknown. They then rushed me to Christian Barnard Hospital, where I was in the emergency ward. And they put all manner of blankets and a thing called a bear hugger, which pumps hot air over you, for about four or five hours to warm me back up again. And um, yeah, the staff at the hospital were amazing and I stayed overnight and they did a bunch of, a bunch of tests and the next day I was cleared and, and released. Reflecting back, um, what are some of the lessons here for you? You know, I think reflecting back on the situation, two things are evident. Um, I'm very much a silver linings kind of person and I'm a very happy-go-lucky kind of person. I think you've got to be very careful with the ocean, obviously not being very familiar. So that's the one thing. Um, the other thing, you know, Sarah Oberholzer, if... If she hadn't listened to that prompting by the Holy Spirit, you know, as we talked about it, she she was about 15 seconds, or well, I was about 15 seconds away about from uh, going to check out the, the vegetation on the bottom of the ocean floor. So that's literally how close a call it was. Um, and I'm eternally grateful to all of the people involved in, in, in the rescue, you know, and I think afterwards one asks the questions you know why did i make out alive and that and i think god is a plan of everyone's life and i think i i feel like some sort of plan of my life as well and you know although moving to cape town a lot of things take uh, precedent if i could put it that way i think drawing closer to the lord again and building that relationship is, is is always very important and as witnessed by this situation you know you think God's far away because you're far away, but actually he's always right there looking out, looking out for us. And, you know, by God's grace, I made it out in one piece. And, you know, all the wonderful people that helped out, the ambulance staff, the medical staff at the hospital. So, 
uh, I was very fortunate. So originally you chose to keep your name out of the news, but that's changed. And you're now, you're now coming forward to tell your story. I kept my name out of the news just because I was quite embarrassed and I, I felt like a, like a real violin, you know, coming to Cape Town and, you know, part of the outdoor community. And here I go and have this dramatic experience, which I obviously didn't plan for. But then upon speaking to a good friend of mine, Paul Plummer in Pretoria, I sort of, you know, figured that I could turn this into good. And um, met up with the NSRI, uh, with Andrew, who's the head of uh, dining prevention. Chatted to him about the life boys or the pink boys. And um, the one that actually saved my life was donated by a lady whose son actually passed away on that beach. And so I said to Andrew, I would like to sponsor five life boys or five pink boys and have them distributed on the beach. And then something amazing happened, right? Your friends, family and people who heard your story... uh, offered to donate money towards the Pink Boys as well. It, it's, it's miraculous how these things work. So my mate Paul from Everelectric in Pretoria said he would match my sponsorship. And then just speaking to people around me, you know, my auditor Willem from Dogetters, he said he's happily uh, matched the sponsorship. You know, and Mark Rogoff, you know, and, and uh, Jason Fjellkov from the the rescue as well as Jonathan Smuts also they chipped in as well um, you know and a friend of mine Tula from overseas and another lady that I know in, in, in Austria Laureen from Investes and she's, they also said they'd come to the party so you know I, I think for me the silver lining if I can call it that out of this whole thing is just to draw attention to how important that pink boy program really is and yeah. you know without that you know the guys are strong swimmers and I, I mean we can't surmise what might, have, might not have happened but the Pink Boy was pivotal and I would encourage anyone listening, you know, if you have people you love and anyone close to the ocean or whatever the case may be, get involved, contact the guys at the NSRI, you know, try and get uh, involved, do a donation, whatever the case may be, because it's such a critical program. Did you, b- before this, right, so, so you are the 99th successful rescue using the Pink Rescue Boys. Did you know about them before this? To be honest with you, I didn't. Um, I'd never, ever heard of them before. In fact, I, I learned interesting information. So Andrew said to me that besides Hawaii, we are the only other country that employs uh, life-saving equipment at the beach when there are no lifeguards on, on duty, which is, is very interesting because there was actually a gentleman. He was about 41 years of age yeah, somewhere along the coast, and he, his 10-year-old daughter got caught in a rip current, and he swam out to save her. And he actually drowned before he got to her and she survived. And that's what kicked off the Pink Boy program. And I think it's fantastic. The MSRI working with some, uh, some guys in New Zealand and Australia to do proof of concepts and, and test their boy program out there. Um, and I think it's fantastic because the boys get made right here in Cape Town. You know, so I think it's a fantastic initiative and, and I wish I'd known about it sooner. So we, we speak about this rescue that you went through and the fact that you were unresponsive um, so I'm going to ask, uh, uh, no question is ever stupid, but I am going to ask a stupid question. Were you scared? You know what? Coming down to my happy-go-lucky nature, I'm, I'm probably less cautious than I should be in terms of all manner of things, skydiving and all that type of stuff. I'm quite an adventurous person. But there was a moment just before Sarah got to me when I remember thinking, I don't know if I'm going to make it out alive today. And... And that's a scary thought because that's the first time I'd ever experienced something like that. I mean, I've been in an airplane accident. I've been in all manner of situations. And 
That's the first time I can remember ever thinking that. But fortunately, Sarah got to me seconds later and obviously things worked out as well as they possibly could have. We spoke, we spoke quite early on about um, the fact that you're a Christian and, and you believe this is, this is a, a deeper meaning and you're meant to be here as, as you are. You have purpose. But do you feel now you have found more purpose, perhaps, in, in this life, the second chance that you've been given? You know, that's an interesting question. And I've been spending time with that the last um, week or two. And it's quite a difficult thing because you don't get saved and suddenly realize what your purpose is, you know. But I do think there's a bigger reason for me being around. I think I just need to be, you know, again, like I said, draw closer to the Lord and really sharpen up my relationship and 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 be open, you know, be open and receptive to what whatever he has for me. So I definitely think there's a bigger meaning there and I definitely think there's a bigger purpose for me there, but do I know what it is yet? Not entirely. Marius, are we going to carry on swimming? Because I'm concerned. You know what, uh, Brent, actually the guys that uh, pulled me out of the water, I took them for, for drinks the Wednesday after at Aranya's Market and a wonderful bunch of people. We actually get along all so well. Um, and they all invited me out to swim uh, the following week. So I've actually been out two or three times with the group again. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not one to, to dwell on past situations. So I have no residual fear or anything like that. I'm just, I've realized I need to be more aware and just of my surroundings. And, you know, um, I'm actually seeing the guys on Thursday and cook a curry for them. So, you know, again, out of this situation, got some good mates, came out on top, got the pink boy guys, some good exposure. And, you know, we, we, we actually arranged some training with the NSRI. So Andrew, uh, Ingram has arranged with Buckhoven Station Commander and two of the professional rescue swimmers to um, give us some training uh, on Camps Bay Beach in the, in the weeks to come. And that's, you know, that's just to sort of give us an idea of how you help someone that's responsive, unresponsive, someone that's aggressive, you know. And, you know, Struan had uh, just the week before rescued a Nigerian family that had gotten caught in a sticky situation. So I think that's invaluable. And, and, and I'm hoping that we can either duplicate the training or record the training and put it out there so more people can, you know, become aware of, of what's, what's the right thing to do in that situation. I think you found your purpose. Um, and, and it may have just come to me during this conversation, but for you to be able to spread that knowledge uh, to other people and, and for more people to be saved is not only a beautiful thing, but it's a beautiful honor to, to that lady's son who passed away on that beach, the lady who sponsored the pink boy on, on that specific beach. And I think that the story has almost come full circle. Yeah, 100%. I, I fully agree. I think, you know, I'm happy for it to, to honor that lady's son. I'm eternally grateful to her as well because, you know, sometimes we do things and we put things out into the world, i.e. her sponsorship, and you don't ever hear about the good that it does. And, you know, I think one of the first calls Andrew made was was to this lady and and just thanked her for the sponsorship and, and informed her that I'd I'd been rescued with that boy that she'd she'd put out there. So, you know, I think I think that's great, and I think just firing up the conversation around you know uh, ocean safety and and that kind of thing is fantastic because. People take it for granted, but there's a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your story today, and and I want I want to I want to nudge all of the listeners that if you are able to to sponsor a pink boy, it's not only in the oceans, but they also have them at rivers and dams and all these places that have bodies of water where lifeguards just can't be. 
Um, but there's already been over 100 people now that have been saved through this Pink Boy program. And, and if Mardis's story uh, is going to resonate with you, or if it does resonate with you, then perhaps that's your call to action to make a difference and to help the NSRI, uh, a volunteer network of incredible people that are helping South Africa. Uh, Mardis, thank you for sharing um, such a candid story with, with us today. And I'm, I'm really glad that you're okay. Brent, thank you for the platform. I appreciate it. And I love your work. been following you for years. So keep up the good work. And, you know, we all need a, a, a good story um, in our day when there's so much negativity going around. So thank you, sir, for all your hard work. Thank you. And, and when I'm down in Cape Town again, I'm going to put on a, I don't know if it's a wetsuit or a dry suit, but I'm going to come join you. For a quick swim. <laughs> 100% quick swim and a coffee. No problem. <laughs> lekker, lekker. Wishing you only Lovely. good things. That's it. Wishing you only good things. And for more good things, visit www.goodthingsguy.com. Okay? Love you. Bye.